0: Hello and welcome to our latest podcast. I'm Brady Ackerman here on the Brady Ackerman Show. Appreciate you having us in your ears or wherever you might be listening to us. Uh, We sure do appreciate that on this Orange and Blue game recap. Orange and Blue wrap-up show uh, here on the podcast. We appreciate campus outfitters. Hopefully you had a chance to go by and get you some officially licensed Gator apparel. And There was plenty of you on Saturday. 53,000 people inside the stadium for the Orange and Blue game. Many folks outside the stadium early. It felt like a, a, a really good home game and setting with all the ex-players and the Gator Walk and all the stuff going on with the tailgate guys and all, all this. Uh, just a lot of fun. We, a lot of fun had by everybody over the weekend. The baseball team getting a sweep. The softball team getting a sweep. The football team coming out, putting on a show Saturday. Just a great weekend in Gainesville that ended early because of weather on Sunday. So they got everything in by Saturday. Uh, but I, you could feel the electricity, and that's what it was all about. Uh, this wasn't about how's the depth chart look. I told you guys this before the show, but before the game started last week. The spring game is never about. Uh, x's and o's it never is now sometimes we you know you have guys shine shane matthews lewis murphy come to mind i know there's been many more but those are the two i think of when i think of guys who just jumped into the scene in the in the uh, spring game but uh, really i think we've talked about this uh, since the inception of this podcast and on my radio show back with ruf with shane and you know when dan mullen since dan mullen's been hired it's as if he's been watching florida from afar I mean, everything he's done, all right? He got a good recruiting year, pretty good recruiting year. Got Emory Jones uh, from Ohio State, good recruiting year, right? Okay, we agree. Uh, Team needs discipline. We all know that. Uh, The inmates are running the asylum, and things have got a little loose. So he tightened that up right out of the gate, all right? And uh, he put the strength program in, did that, got that going, and that's uh, trending upwards. Uh, get guys back, getting guys eligible, showing these guys what the expectation level of work and, and all that has to be to be successful. Then he says, okay, now i got to connect with the fans. Not, not everybody wanted Dan Mullen hired. Uh, I think more people today are happy with the hire than they were. And if you never liked the Dan Mullen hire, you're never going to like it anyway. But there's no way to really predict anything other than the fact that Dan Mullen has more head coaching experience than McElwain and Mustchamp did when they got the job. And I think that's significant. Significant. Really, more if you, add, you can add Spurrier in there if you want. Meyer, possibly. If you add them all together, I mean, nine years in the SEC West, that's got to mean something. Just because he's young, just because he's got a lot of energy, that's a good thing. But, I, I, you know, so he's had to connect to the fans. How do we get the fans excited? Because, look, I didn't think we were going to get 70,000 fans. I said 55 because – I just don't think there's the player there that would have drawn him in. Since Emory Jones had a quiet spring, he's not, um, you know, the, 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 the fight. He's not Justin Fields or he's not Tim Tebow or he's not this guy. And I don't know if Justin Fields is, I should even put him in that class. But I'm just saying, he's not the guy that every fan in the country is like all in on. You know, you got that guy. You got Herschel Walker. You know, let's go see Big Herschel. So because of that, I didn't think the fans would show up. On top of that, there's been excitement with. There's been a lot of change in the last eight years, and you can only sell like you know uh, change so much to where fans will say, "We'll wait and see." We'll wait and see, and I said that when I was on with Buddy Martin on his show last Wednesday, uh, our podcast and our Facebook show. I said I don't think it'll be the excitement, regard uh, because there's not that one guy to draw him in. Now, let's say Florida won a national title and we're going to a spring game. Then I think you might see 80,000 people there. If you have your quarterback coming back who won you a national title, they won autographs. You know, all those types of things. But it was a great crowd. A great crowd. A legitimate crowd. Uh, West stands was uh, packed. East stands filled in nicely. Lower bowl looked good. There's a lot of teams in college football that would get 53,000 fans to a home game, let alone a spring game. Now, I'm going to address—I don't usually—you know, I, I felt really positive about the day. The theme was fun. Uh, it was all about connecting things, okay? We talked about the offseason. I did it—I talked about it at the top. We talked about the fans, okay? We get the fans excited. Dan Mullen's chomping off the plane. He's doing booster clubs. He's talking sorority clubs, sororities uh, houses and fraternities on campus. He's doing the ROTC on campus. He's doing the Gainesville Police— Everyone in Gainesville around town is all in on on uh, Dan Mullen because he's he's going around and doing the right things. Okay, so he's connecting people back to the program that probably either felt uh, McElwain was not their guy, or that Muschamp wasn't the guy, or you know that felt even the last year of been Meyer disconnected from the program. So get that local fan base and that state fan base excited. Then he announces the uh, alumni coaches, a couple of guys that obviously that are um, very successful boosters within the program, but also alumni within the program. Get them involved. So reach out to the alumni section and the booster section and the Gator Club section of the uh, country and, and bring these two guys in who've done so much uh, for the program financially and allow them to be a part of it. And, and and then, you know, at the end of the day, Spurrier's involved, ex-players are involved, Guys are coming back that haven't been back in years. Was the biggest turnout of ex-players I've seen uh, in 10 years. 10 years. And then it was an incredible event they had inside the indoor facility. Guys were back, legendary players, not just Brady Ackermans, a bunch of guys who played in the NFL and played professional ball and were all SEC. And it was just good to see everybody back. It was good to see Scott Strickland over there and Steve Spurrier over there and Nick Savage over there and Dan Mullen coming out and meet people's family and kids, just finding the time. You know, so many times, sometimes you'll get a couple of types of coaches. You'll get the guy who's all in on coaching, doesn't have time for anything other than wins and losses and work, 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 and really doesn't want to connect with all the things I've already talked about on this podcast that Dan Mullen has. Then you have the guy that wants to do too much of that and can't focus on the football. And I think Dan Mullen's the guy that's in the middle that can do both. Dabo Sweeney. I compare him to Dabo Sweeney. If you're a Gator fan right now, would you take Dabo Sweeney as your head coach? If Dan Mullen wasn't? So that that's kind of where I see him. And so all of these things have been done with an idea of getting people excited about the Gator brand again. Okay? Because fans are going to come. I mean, we're still getting 80000 a game. You know, people are coming, you know. So uh, the setting for the spring game has taken some criticism from a couple of people that I'm not sure really know exactly what's going on uh, and that they wanted to see more football or they wanted to see some more hardcore stuff. I was like, well, you know, this was about fun. The halftime, the guys, ex-players coming off the sidelines, get those guys involved. You know, it's one thing to say we welcome players back. It's another thing... To make, the, to make the players feel wanted when they come back. Does that make sense? You know, I mean, you got guys that that uh, everybody says, we would need our ex-players to come back. Every coach. I said that's a standard. When you get the head coaching job, you go to the podium, you just say great things about Bo Schembechler, Woody Hayes, Bobby Bowden, Steve Spurrier. You say we need the tradition and players that have built this thing so those guys feel important. Then you go do your job. Or the fan, and you say something about the fans, and then you go do your job. That's it. You've got great coaches, players, fans. That's it. You do that, you can handle a press conference if you're a head coach. All right? So, but there's another thing to actually act upon that. And that's what he's done. So, Saturday did have some gimmicky stuff. Why not? He let celebrations go. I thought that was terrific. I thought the kids were loose. I thought they had fun. If you'd been to any of the practices, which 99% of you haven't, okay, if you'd been to any of the scrimmages, which 100% of you probably haven't, these have been long, intense, physical, organized, get after your tail scrimmages and practices. Uh, it, to me, was one of the longest spring practices I've ever seen. Uh, this thing went on forever. These were 14 long, long, Practices. Physical, demanding. And when they weren't practicing, they were meeting every day. I mean, this was all out football for five weeks. So to not allow these guys or to put these guys in a position to go have some fun, let their hair down, if you will, I thought that was pretty good. Put on a show for the fans. It was a show. They threw the ball more than I think they're going to throw the ball in the fall. I mean, did you want them to come out and run it 50 times so that we could get some analysis from some writers and some fans and some message board people saying, well, you know, they they really ran quarterback power really well. You know, if they can just seal the edge there, they might get another four yards. I mean, they're going to do that. They're going to run the football. If they have Grimes and Jefferson eligible, to be a good passing team. If they're not eligible, they'll be an okay passing team. Mark it down. You don't have to listen to another podcast, I say, the rest of the year until the season starts. They will run the football. They will play good defense. And if Grimes and Jefferson are eligible, they can be really good on offense. That's it. There ain't nothing else to see. So to allow the guys to have fun and celebrate and come up with their own things and give them some freedom, because let me tell you something. When Dan Mullen got here, he took away their freedom. They had freedom under the prior staff, and look what happened. But he came in, he he put in a disciplined approach, and basically, you know, there were no if-ands if, or buts. If if somebody, if one guy was late to a class, eighty-five guys ran for it. Don't care if it was Jordan Scarlett. Don't care if it was Felipe Franks. Or Brendan Ackerman, it doesn't matter. That one guy misses a class or he's late. Eighty-five guys going to run for it. That's discipline. So they've been in this disciplined situation for for a couple of months now. And then he goes and says, Guys, y'all go out and have fun tomorrow. Celebrations, get it all out of your system, do what you gotta do. Let's have some fun. Let's put on a show. And I've seen a very few, not a lot, but very few critics in the twenty four hours post uh game and i'm just stunned i mean if you didn't have fun saturday either a you're not a gator which is fine if you're Seminole or cane or a dog or bama todd or you're just not a fun person i mean you just you just don't know how to have fun i mean uh i mean you, you you if your idea of fun which i enjoy this but if your idea of fun is playing that uh that wizard game at Cracker Barrel on Saturday night, trying to figure out how many pegs you could leave in the triangle, then yeah, you probably didn't you probably didn't enjoy Saturday because that was fun, and we had a fun broadcast because Steve Spurrier was in our broadcast booth for our first half on the radio, and we had a blast. Uh, and two hours was enough. That's all we needed to see. Everyone got to play. Uh, you got to see the arm talent from the quarterbacks, which is what I told you. You got to see a little bit from the receivers. Uh, the defense was pretty vanilla. But you saw guys that we've been talking about this spring, like Antonios Clayton, make some plays. Uh, looks like he is, I mean, Florida defensive end. I was thinking about this the other day, starting on the defensive side. Kevonis Davis, he he was a good player his freshman year when they had to pull the red shirt off of him. And he, they had a lot of high hopes for Kevonis Davis, who I think got caught up in the credit card thing. Then he got injured on the... Um, Uh, Moped, they still got him coming back, allegedly. Uh, You know, they still got um, a few guys coming back that haven't played. But when you look at that defensive end spot, and you start talking about Clayton and Carter and Zaninga and Jefferson, Ja'Kai Polite and Jeremiah Moon, I think you're in good shape. And I've said that. Um, You saw... uh, one injury to those guys, that was C.C. Jefferson. He's going to be okay. Uh, I went by, talked to him real quick. Quick. Obviously, I'm not a doctor, and I did not stay at a Holiday Inn Express. But he seemed to be in good spirits. I think it was more precautionary. I think if it was Florida, Georgia, games on the line, I think C.C. Jefferson runs back out there. Doctors or no doctors. But a um, little shoulder ding for him, and uh, the only other injury was a little ankle ding for McCoy. So, you know, that was a good thing about sprains. You know, Cleveland got back out there after suffering a hamstring. Uh, Heggie's looking good, trending in the right direction. Malik Davis is trending in the right direction in rehab. No injuries in the spring practice. Uh, That really uh, of note. Uh, Of course, we had one personally with my son tearing his ACL, but that's okay. I think they can win some games without him in there. He'll be all right. He'll be back in the next year to help them. But they no, no major injuries. Uh, a little labrum, I think, with Cedric Brunson, who's a, a good young linebacker, special teams guy, but he's he's probably second or third. He's probably third team. So, you know, they, they've, they've stayed pretty healthy this spring. And they've been physical practices. Look, this guy worked for Urban Meyer. And I think y- you pretty much know how he's going to run his organization. And um, so when I look at Saturday... It really played out exactly how I thought it would, other than the celebrations and the guys coming off the sideline, like Travis McGriff and Lawrence Wright. Uh, When you overall assess everything, that was one of the better practices for Jordan Scarlett. I I say better practices. He got more opportunities in that scrimmage. He ran the ball well. Can you imagine Jordan Scarlett running behind an offensive line that actually can block someone? Running back position, flat-out legit. All right, so we're good there. Uh, we talked about the defensive ends. Tons of talent there. Tons of NFL talent there. Uh, Got to continue to watch the young tackles. I think, really, to me, if there's a weak spot on the defense, it's linebacker. And I don't mean that that David Reese isn't a good player. I talked to him after the game that you could check out at floridagators.com. Uh, I think he's a very good player. I think he still gets confused in the defense. I think he's still... Trying to get comfortable in this setting after 15 practices, you know he's a kid that never made a mistake in the past and will occasionally make a a, a wrong read or a mistake that um, I just think there's there's a comfortability playing inside linebacker in this system. Ventrell Miller I think's had a great spring. He's a young talent, their best cover linebacker uh, who's pushing him really hard. Uh, and then you have uh, Joseph and Rashad Jackson, but I, I think those guys are good. I don't think they're great, not yet. Um, And we'll see. I think the summer workouts, getting in this system August 1st, July 30th, whenever they get in it, and then develop for 30 days, uh, they don't have to be great against Charleston Southern. They just have to be great against Kentucky. So I I don't think they're there yet. And I think if we're being honest here, I don't think the offensive line is there yet, although they've improved. I don't think the quarterback play is there yet. But I think they've improved, to be honest with you. So... um, You know, you got to get better. It's not like everything is right in Alabama right now. It's not like everything is right in Ohio State right now or Clemson. So you got areas you have to improve on. Uh, We told you this spring how good Sean Davis has been. He was very active once again. Um, You know, I think they need some work at corner. They need some depth. Uh, I like the two deep, but I, I think Wilson and Henderson are head and shoulders above everybody else. So, they need some guys out there to step up at that position, uh, but overall, it was a vanilla defense folks Listen, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know the defense won the spring. The defense has dominated the offense. The offense, when it had success against the defense, was usually later in the scrimmage, fifty plays in uh and mostly big plays. You know some good run plays no no doubt they've had their moments running the football i I think there's been enough to encourage. John Hevesy, Billy Gonzalez, the offensive staff, Brian Johnson, and those guys, uh, that they feel like they're going to be a really good running team. Dan Mullen, who calls the plays. I guess I should mention him. Uh, but I, th- I think you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that group of running backs. And sometimes people worry about that. Sometimes it, it works itself out, folks. You know, You can't have enough players. Ask Alabama. So you just deal with it. But sometimes it works itself out. So there's no scientific formula. Um, There's certainly not going to be the crazy rotation that Florida had two years ago with Cronkite, Scarlett, and those guys where they just, and P. Ryan and and so forth, where they just rotated four guys every series. I mean, it just made zero sense to do that. And um, I don't think they're going to do that. No, I think they'll have two guys, and whoever's playing well will get it. Uh, get the lion's share, and then I think the third guy will be a spot guy. But they got plenty, and that'll work itself out. But overall, I think, you know, when you look at it, we know the strengths of the team, the running game. uh, I think the defense is going to be really good. Uh, There are some areas they need to get better. The corners, the edges on the ends, uh, I think they're, they're really good. But, you know, when you have a game like this, And you're pretty vanilla. It's hard for the defense to do a whole lot. They brought some five-man pressure a couple times. They brought a safety a couple times. But it's really not what Todd Grantham's going to be doing, folks. So you'll be calling the post game if we give up a third and 17 saying, why did he blitz on that play? Uh, But I can promise you this. You're not going to call the post game show (laughs) and say, why in the two-minute drill did we just play bend but don't break? Why did we go to... Um, you know prevent defense so early he doesn't have prevent defense except maybe on a Hail Mary last play of the game uh, they're gonna get after it on defense so I feel good about that and hopefully you saw a little bit of that I did I think it's uh, I think it's gonna be a good position a good 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 spot and what was an entertaining day um, offensively obviously it's the quarterback situation what did you think Now, it's hard to tell because you got guys like Frank's a 60-yard touchdown run in which he was down. You got a couple of sacks where guys like Trask uh, got touched and they just let the play go on. You have another pass that went out of bounds and was caught by Jefferson that they ruled inbounds. But as you weed through all the the showman stuff for the, the spring game, the throwing to Travis McGriff and so forth, what did you think? Did you see the potential in Kyle Trask? Do you see that he's right there? You know, Um, again, we're not looking. Well, we are looking for Tebow, Rex Grossman, Danny Werfel, Shane Matthews. But that doesn't have to be this year to be good. What you're looking for is a foundation, an expectation where the quarterback is not going to be a liability. He's going to be an asset. You cannot have, you cannot win. You know, I hear game manager, but even a game manager, and Dan Mullen would admit this if we had him on right now. A game manager is an asset, not a liability. Okay? A lot of people say game manager just don't get in the way of everything. You still have to be an asset. Florida's had liabilities. At that position, guy didn't have arm strength, guy couldn't read defenses, guy got hurt all the time, guy couldn't run, guy was on steroids. I mean, I could go on and on. Offensive coordinator stunk, wrong offense, square peg, round hole. We've seen that. We're not going to see that going forward. The quarterback position will be an asset. If he throws for 1,800 yards or he throws for 3,000 yards, it will be an asset. Not going to go into a game going, God, I hope, The quarterback doesn't lose the game for us. They can because that's the nature of the position. Okay? Uh, Tebow's lost games. Uh, Werfel, Spurrier, Matthews, they've all lost games. Grossman. It happens. You know? But are they an asset? Can they win you games? Can they, when you have better talent or a better game plan than the other team, can they keep you from giving the game away? And then, can they... Give you a chance with two minutes to go to go win. I thought Kyle Trask looked poised. I thought he looked like he'd look all spring. And to me, he looks like a game manager. He looks like a guy that can handle this offense. If you're going to play one of the two big guys, one of the two returning guys, and you're not going to run it as much with the quarterback, don't you got to take a look, a long look at Kyle Trask? Don't you? Now, Felipe can run. He's showing a lot of emotion. But I just, and and so, and I don't have any problem. I like Felipe Franks. I do not like being critical of these kids. All right? That is not what I like doing. I like picking a positive than bashing a negative. All right? It's a competition. It's healthy. They're both right there. If I'm picking today, I'm going Kyle Trask. That's my gut. That's who I think is going to win the job. But Franks is competitive. uh, He's talented. And he's got a lot of qualities that a coach looks for. He's got all the qualities as far as physical attributes. And, you know, I don't think he did anything wrong other than not throw the ball to Doug Johnson to throw to Travis McGriff. But I just, I don't know. I just feel like, I don't know if it's because it's new with Trask. Um, I know he'll throw interceptions. I just feel like... Some of the mistakes that, that Franks makes, he continues to make. Now, you also got a chance to see Emory Jones. Um, Emory Jones had a couple balls batted. Uh, he's going to have to learn in the quick passing game. And for that, we're talking about bubble screens, slants, hitches, when you catch and throw, catch and throw the ball, that he's got to not telegraph his release or change slots throwing against a quick pass rush. This isn't high school football. So it's college ball. These guys know to get their arms up in the pass rush. They know to see if an offensive tackle is setting hard. Uh, that means it's a quick pass. So I got to get my arm up because I'm not going to get there. All right? He'll learn that. He's not going to just drop back and throw it straight through uh, C-gap. He may have to, even though the pass is going to C-gap, he may have to throw it from D-gap. Or he may have to throw it from B-gap. Because that end is going to see what he's seeing. And that's how college football, and it gets even more tough in the NFL, which was what makes Tom Brady so good because he can throw over guys uh, underneath. But that's the plan. You play the Patriots, you're not getting to the quarterback. You're getting your hands up. So that's the one thing I think. But he'll get better with that, with experience, you know. And he's. I think you could see the arm talent, and I think you can see there's potential. And again. I don't, want, I don't think it's fair to put him out there day one and say, go win us a championship. I, I just don't think it's fair to him. I don't think Dan Mullen wants to do that. I, I'm not saying he won't be the quarterback game seven, but I don't think there's any reason against Charleston Southern for him to be the starter unless he just clearly passes these guys and takes the team by the bull or the bull by the horns with this team this summer. I, I think you let those other guys play and you figure out who which one can can win. And then you use Jones in the Tebow mode, maybe a little bit more throwing than that because you're not as committed to the starter as you were with Chris Leak, who was a, a, an all-time quarterback at Florida. So it'll work itself out, but I would go with Trask if it was today. And, and I don't know, maybe you feel differently when you watch the spring game. Uh, you can hit me up on Facebook, the Brady Ackerman Show. Uh, pop a question in there or on Twitter, at Brady Ack, and let me know what you think, and we'll talk about it. Uh, we'll talk about. try to get some more interaction for our next podcast. We'll have five or six questions that we've gotten. We'll answer those on the air and, um, and have some fun with that as well. Remember now, if you've, uh, that's probably going to wrap it up for the spring game. Pretty much a, a win-win for everybody. Hope you had fun. If you didn't, um, it's probably because your girlfriend broke up with you before kickoff and you really couldn't focus like you normally could because I don't know how you didn't have fun Saturday. My goodness. That was a great day. Two hours of fun. Entertainment. Did you see the girl at halftime, the equipment manager, trying to push the sled? That was pure entertainment uh, on the little obstacle course deal. I mean, it didn't get any better than that. I mean, it was fun. Like I said, uh, if you didn't have fun Saturday, if you're like, I didn't come here to see them throw the ball to Lawrence, right? Well, then get your tickets. Come see uh, in, in in September when they open up against Charleston Southern. Uh, L. Dog won't be anywhere to, around to catch it. They'll be throwing the ball to hopefully Van Jefferson, Trevon Grimes, Tyree Cleveland, Josh Hammond. Uh, oh, I will say this: Darius Tony had a nice day. I think he's coming around. So I think I think they're in good shape. I really do. I I, I think they're in good shape. They need those two receivers, but uh, it, it was a good spring, very productive. Now the most important phase of 2018 is the next one, and getting ready for. The season, you know, fall camp and the season opener. And we'll talk more about that as we go and have some, some fun doing that here on the podcast. Thanks to our friends at Campus Outfitters located in Gainesville on Archer Road. Uh, get on by there and check them out. Officially licensed Gator Apparel. They'll have all the new stuff coming in this summer for the fall and they can take very good care of you. They can also put together orders for your family, uh, your office, your fraternity, your sorority, whatever, and take very good care of you at Campus Outfitters. In Gainesville. Uh, but that's going to do it for this podcast. Until our next podcast, uh, make sure you comment at Brady Ackerman Show on Facebook or on Twitter at Brady Ack, and We'll get your questions answered or discussion go- points going for our next podcast uh, right here. For all of us at the Brady Ackerman Show, I'm Brady Ackerman. Have a great day. So long, everybody.